Welcome. So glad you've tuned in to our Linden Road online uh, worship experience. If this is your first time, we're so glad you found us, and we certainly hope it's not your last time. And we would invite you to click on the digital connection card up above or leave a comment in the chat, or if you're watching us on YouTube later, scroll down in the description, and you'll find a link there to a connection card that you can leave your name and your email address. And if there's a question you might have or if there's a prayer request you'd like to leave, we'd certainly like to encourage you with that. And again, we certainly hope it's not your last time. And then if this is your spiritual home, we say welcome to you, and we're grateful, too, uh, that you've tuned in. And please use that same connection card or comment in the chat or down in the description to let us know what we may need to know here uh, to help us all stay connected. But we are grateful that we can come together to worship here through the online experience. A couple things I want to share. First, a number of the pastors here in the community through the Godsfield Mansfield program uh, joined uh, the Woodman of America at the mayor's office here on Thursday, and we met with the, the new mayor, Jody Perry. She was sworn in in late December and is now into, I believe, her third week uh, leading uh, the city. And we spent some time uh, just in hearing from her her vision for the city and how we as pastors and area faith leaders can be a part of what she's uh, hoping to do in her tenure as mayor. And and then we spent some time praying with her. But yeah, it was such an incredible time and so grateful that we can partner that way. And then I want to share too that our movie night that we're doing each week on Fridays and on Sundays at 7 p.m. We've partnered with Catalyst Resources and this week's movie is called Mully. And it's basically the story of a young boy who grows up in Kenya, which is a country I love. And he's abandoned by his family and he's left basically to raise himself on the streets. And it's a beautiful story. It's not an ordinary uh, rags-to-riches kind of tale, but rather it's about how the kingdom of God can advance in a young man who sees his potential to be all that he can be. And so we invite you to simply on Friday nights or Sunday nights uh, at uh, 7 p.m., hop over to lindenroad.church forward slash movie night, and you can uh, join. But let's take a look at the trailer here quick. I remember one day I woke up and everybody had gone. I was abandoned, a child without parent. I became a beggar. I became a street boy. I walked to the city of Nairobi to get a new life. I was so happy. I have a family, I have a car, I had a dream. I want to do business. Formed Muliways Agencies Limited. And then my dad had a monopoly in oil and gas. It was my time. I was really tormented by these boys in the street. I saw faces of me and I could not work anymore. I cried. Why is it that God wanted me to take me back again? I will never, ever work for money again. That's called total madness. That's what it is. Dad says that he needed to sell everything and start helping the poor in the society, the children who are abandoned, 
How do you let go of what you, you hold dearly? And how do you decide when to share your love? Kenya was burning. We can't let this happen. We have to do something. The children did not have food. If we don't step in, children are going to die. We had three children, four children, and the number kept on growing. He said, welcome. This is your family now. These are all your brothers and sisters. That is a miracle. We are one family. We are one Kenya. When I remember that, I see the impossible becoming possible. So I hope you'll enjoy it. And again, we are hosting that on Fridays and Sunday nights at 7 p.m. It's free of charge. And if you have a smart TV or you can watch it on your tablet, you can actually cast it to the big TV if you want to. And it's all pretty easy to do. Melinda and I enjoyed watching Amazed by You last week. It's kind of a fun night. We popped our popcorn. It was a perfect night to stay home. And it was a great story. And so I hope you'll take advantage. And I'd encourage you to share the link with others. It's just a great way of offering some encouraging entertainment that has a message to it that can be positive. Here we are in our series called Better, and it basically is a way to lean into the new year uh, with habits that we can embrace that can help us just make life work in this crazy season. I don't know about you, but it seems like right now, just the speed of which things are moving, that it just is a difficult time to even simply sit and just rest, to sort of slow our mind down just in the midst of a busy day. And I know just the things I push through day in and day out that uh, sometimes it's complicated. And if I would ask you the question, do you have difficulty slowing your mind? Uh, I wonder how you would respond. It may be that you didn't even hear me ask that question. It's like, oh, I guess I need to pay attention. The truth is, as we think about just the world in which we find ourselves in this current season, it seems like there's so much that's coming at us in so many different ways. And I think our minds feel cluttered. I think it's just the season in which we're in right now as we're trying to process so many things. I don't know about you, but when I go to bed at night, uh, as I'm laying there in bed just trying to decompress and get to a moment of sleep, my mind races to all the things that I need to get done, right? All the things that are on my to-do list. It's interesting, in the Old Testament, in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon says what he calls it is anxious striving. In fact, look here at chapter 2, verses 22 through 23. He says, what do people get for all the toil and anxious striving with which they labor under the sun? All their days, their work is grief and pain. Even at night, their minds do not rest. And so as we think about this series, we think about where we've been the last couple weeks. We've entitled this a Better a New Year, A Better You. A couple weeks ago, I'll remind you, we talked about if you want to change uh, your life, you want to change your habits. But in order to change our habits, we need to have God change our hearts. You remember we spent... The first week, just looking inside at the things about who we are and the things that distract us and the things that steal our joy. And then last week, we walked through just the conversation about how living life with less is a a good thing uh, to help uh, sort of simplify what's coming at us, to leave some things undone even. It's interesting as we think about these things, you know, we've come out of the global pandemic, but There's still some things that I think were going on long before the pandemic. In fact, uh, 
pastor friend Eric Geiger pointed out this week, a fascinating uh, study that's been done by some uh, psychologists and psychiatrists where a lot of the transition that we're pushing through, uh, a lot of things we're dealing with uh, emotionally and mentally, and in particular, he was looking at uh, even the status of our young people and just all the things that they've had to try to understand. One particular fact that just I found astounding was it goes back to the interaction of social media in our lives. If, in fact, if you look at this graph here, you can see that the iPhone came out in 2007. And as you look at how not only uh, young people have been impacted, teens, but how all of us have been impacted just in our relationships. And so part of my intention through this series is to see if we can create some healthy habits they can create some margins so that we can connect with each other at a whole different level. And so this week, what I want to talk about is this idea of how do we just slow things down? Let's begin first with a prayer. Father, we're grateful that you are in charge. And so, Father, we just invite you in through your Holy Spirit. Jesus, we thank you for the life that you want to give us. And we just pray now that we can slow our minds and, and receive what you have for us. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for giving us life. Uh, life to the full, and we just pray against the distractions this morning as we hear your word to encourage us on how to just slow things down. And so we pray it all together in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Have you ever wondered what uh, Jesus thought about? Can you imagine all that was on his mind, just all the things that he was doing and yet how he paid attention? I mean, think about it. What we know about his earthly journey, specifically what the Gospels tell us, that there was no sin in his life. Over three years as he walked here on earth in his ministry time, he chose his disciples. And in choosing his disciples, what did he do? Well, he, he taught them the values and the principles of what it means to be part of the kingdom of God. And he did so many things, right, in terms of interaction with humanity. He, he healed the sick and he raised those that had died. And he cleansed the temple and he showed the love of the Father to us. And he helped us to understand how to endure even persecution, what he received in terms of the, all the difficulties that the Pharisees and the religious leaders gave him. And then as he lived his life, he then fulfilled all the number of prophecies, some 200 prophecies in his uh, presence on earth to offer up his life as a sacrifice. And then to three days later to raise from the dead and to ascend to heaven where he... Uh, uh, gives us life then because of what he's accomplished. And when you think about it in his own story, there probably isn't any bigger assignment that he could have taken on. And it was all about doing his father's will. What I want us to see who Jesus was in his earthly ministry as a foundation for us to understand how we need to live our lives. I mean, there was something about Jesus, a couple concepts I think, that, that he lived out very well. One, that he was consistent in all things. And that also he was intentional in all things and how he interacted with people. And he created space in this earthly realm to see God in a whole new way. And yet what we do know is that there are moments when he uh, pulls away. And yet we know there are times as we study his life here on earth where he would go off and spend time with his father and to hear from God. And so what we know he did was to operate in this kind of perspective of with consistency and with intentionality. He would pull away from the crowd and he would go to a place that would drown out the distraction. He would silence the noise that was in his life. 
The big idea I want us to see in a very clear way is that there is no such thing as intimacy without intentionality. No matter what you talk about in life, whether we're talking about marriage or we're talking about parenting our children or talking about friendship or even having a relationship with God, that we can't be busy uh, to find a relationship with any of those aspects of our humanity. And I can share that one of the things I've learned as I continue to mature in this thing called life is I've never met anyone in my journey who uh, was close to God who didn't spend time with God. I can remember one amazing man in particular that I had the pleasure of pastoring here, Bob Solon. Bob uh, was a retired architect. It's interesting, as he retired, he ended up going to Moody Bible Institute and getting his Bible degree, and then he came back and led a Bible study that uh, we continue to champion here every Thursday at noon at Linden Road. It, it was beautiful even to see in Bob's uh, journey at his end of his life uh, how, as I would visit with him, he had stacks of books he had uh, his Bible that was filled with notes that he was constantly reading. And I was always impressed by just his character and his faithfulness of being part of this outpost called Linden Road. And so when we look at Jesus' story, we know this much too, right? We see it over and over again that Jesus withdraws, that he finds margin in his day, and that he gets away from the crowd and the demand of the crowd and even the expectations of others and he slows down, and he goes off and finds solitude and silence. And he even takes and creates a pause, if you will, and, and he prays so that he can hear his Father's voice. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. And what ends up happening, and I'm borrowing this example from Pastor Craig Goschel, is that we continue just to sort of give and give and give and give. I mean, we get out of bed and we get the kids ready for school and, and we fight the traffic to get them there and we pay attention to the meetings we might have at work and we deal with our co-workers and then we uh, do the best we can at work and then we take the kids and go to, to soccer or to dance and, and then we have dinner and then we sit down and pay the bills and, and then we go do the things in the yard, gardening and mowing and serving others and, and we do all these things and the next thing we know, our cup is empty. We, we find the difficulty of how do, I, how do I refill it? I'm just spent. In fact, if we remember in John chapter 10, one of the most amazing verses that encourages me every day is the idea that Jesus came to give us a life, the abundant life, life to the full even. And yet when our schedule's full and our cup is poured out, we don't have anyone more to give. And one of the things we need to say as we think about this is that you can't give what you don't have. And so what we know Jesus did, he modeled for us in a very consistent and intentional way that we have to pause and we have to create space. And in order to do that, sometimes we have to withdraw. I mean, think about it. Here's some scripture stories that we all know well, right? Before starting his ministry, he does that. Even before he made some important decisions, he did that. After a long, hard day at work, he did that. After ministering to lots of people, he did that. And even after he lost a close friend, he did that. I'll have the scriptures here. You can take a look at it at your leisure. 
that can help you better understand how Jesus approached those things in life. And so what was it? It was all about him modeling for us why we need to withdraw and create margin and even rest and even solitude in our human life. And so the truth is that you, you can't continue to pour out if you don't fill up. And so part of what, how do we do that? Well, we do that filling up by pausing. Because I want to say, and I see this a lot in the people I interact with on a weekly basis, is that there are a lot of people that are just poured out. They're empty and they're not quite sure what to do. And then what happens with that is they end up leaning into uh, choices that aren't the best for them, eating more than they should or uh, using, looking at drugs or, or binging movies on the Internet. And I think for all of us, if we're honest, the difficulty comes when we want to slow down. We're not quite sure what to do with that, right? The idea of being still. We know this verse well, right? Out of Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, the writer says, Be still and know that I am God. Let me say that again. Be still and know that I am God. Now, think about that for a moment. What doesn't it say? It doesn't say, be busy, be responsible, be successful. In fact, it's interesting, the Hebrew word here means to cease striving. Or even as we saw as Solomon's words, is to stop anxious striving. It's interesting as we look at Jesus' call to ministry. In fact, he hadn't done any ministry at all yet. He was just beginning to set off and he comes to be baptized. And what takes place in that moment? We know after he's baptized, then the words are heard from the heavens, from a voice that comes from the heaven. In fact, Luke says here in chapter 3, verse 22, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And he's not done anything yet. And it's that validation that comes first. I mean, Jesus hadn't produced. He, he hadn't done one miracle yet. He hadn't healed. He hadn't taught. And yet God says to him in a very clear way, his heavenly father says, no, I delight in you. You are my son whom I love. It wasn't what he did. It was the fact of who he is. And I think that's uh, very true for each of us, that we need that same kind of validation in our faith journey. Now, what happens in the story with Jesus? What does he do next? Well, he, Jesus didn't just pour himself out and fill himself up. No, he didn't rush to the first miracle. What was the first thing he did? If we read the scriptures, the first thing that Jesus did is he went and spent time with his heavenly father. In fact, in chapter 4 of Luke, verse 1, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. What did he do there? Well, he modeled for us a practice that I know some people have embraced and has really changed their lives. That he fasted for 40 days. And what that demonstrates to us is that there is no such thing as intimacy without being intentional. Okay, so here, here's the practical question. How do we do that? How do we practice slowing down? I've got a couple ideas, but here in the scriptures, it tells us in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 6, and I'm using the message version, Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. One of the ways you can do that in a really practical way, and I've shared this before, is to use 
the uh, Pause app from Ransomed Heart Ministries from John Eldridge and the Wild at Heart team. You can find it in the Google Play Store or, or the Apple Store where it helps you create a rhythm in your life a couple times a day where you actually pause. And the idea of pausing to reflect on scripture, to pray, and to just take a moment. And it doesn't have to be a long pause, but simply a minute. In fact, the app allows you a minute or five minutes or 10 minutes with some scripture and some beautiful music and, a, and a, with some scripture and some music and a picture, an image that can help focus your mind in the moment. Because for us, what we really need to do sometimes, maybe most of the time in the course of our day, is, is to hit pause. Just to stop everything we're doing and get alone. And I know that's not a practical thing to do with the way most of us live our lives. But there is a rhythm that we need to lean into and see if we can practice. So even the idea of taking the suggestion that Jesus gives us in Matthew chapter 6 here about getting away. Now what that means is... and. One of the ways that maybe you can find some time and margin in your life is, first of all, turn off all the notifications on your phone, on your smartphone. Turn them off. Turn them off. I've shared with many people that that's like the first thing you can do. There's the tyranny that comes when you hear the phone go off. And then maybe work into a rhythm of when you're only checking your email or your social media a couple times a day. And then let your friends know that. I have a friend, Jeff Bergeson, who's a pastor down in Southern Ohio, and Jeff has as the footer on his email that he is off on Fridays and that he doesn't respond to any phone call or emails until Saturday. It's just the way he runs his life. And I think that might be a good example for all of us to lean into. The idea of not having the text or the ding, ding, ding of something showing up on our phone uh, can really sort of create some margin. It may be awkward in the first couple times, but it really does create a beautiful moment to rest. And I want to say, too, what I'm talking about is not about isolation. Or What I'm talking about is just creating a moment of silence. The idea that isolation, and that's why I'm not talking about this, is that's when we run away from people, where we go hide and maybe we feel sorry for ourselves, and then we end up medicating ourselves. That's not what I'm talking about here. There's actually a spiritual practice that Richard Foster talks about, that it's the idea of solitude, of where we, on a regular basis, be consistent and intentional, where we create space for God to work in us, where we can meet with him and hear his voice. And and the whole purpose behind that is that we can hear God in those moments, that we can be with our Heavenly Father to know what he desires for us. So one of the big ideas we're talking about this week is, again, this, there's no such thing as intimacy without intentionality. And the truth is that we have to prioritize these things. And so even as you think about this series, we talked about first about looking inside and seeing what we're working through. And then last week we talked about doing less, looking at our schedules and, and doing less with more. Uh, what I want to encourage you to do in the week ahead is to try to plan out. And it doesn't have to be every day, uh, but try to plan out a couple times in the course of your week where you can find a place, a time, make it consistent. For me, after Melinda goes off to work, I lean into from like 6.15 until 7 o'clock as a time for me just to do some thinking and praying and some scripture reading. And that may work for, for me, but maybe for you it's before you go to bed where you can create uh, a moment. Again, the Pause app can really help 
uh, where it allows your phone to say, hey, take a moment and creates the, a way for you to connect with your Heavenly Father. And then the idea is to simply sit and be still, to sit in the silence. And sometimes I know silence can be awkward, but sit in it and see what you can hear. Uh, sit in the idea of solitude, of sitting at the feet of Jesus, uh, to seek God, and then to do the most difficult thing for most of us, I think, is to listen, to be quiet and to hear what God might say. And in those moments, as we think about this practice, is to intentionally let our soul uh, talk honestly to God, to let our heart be known to him, to lay out our frustrations, to lay out our disappointments, to just lay before him the things that he needs to know and wants to know and desires to know from us and to hear us confess those things. And you might be surprised at what your soul wants to say to God. And I know it's a practice and a rhythm that may take a few efforts to make work. And it's something that you really can't force. You just need to sit and reflect and maybe even use some scripture to help. Read a psalm where you can allow your soul to talk like David did of old, where you can offer praise to God or where you can cry out because of your frustration or maybe where you can even shout praise to him. And again, like any new habit, it's going to take some time. But it, the truth is, our soul does want to speak to our Heavenly Father, to our Creator. And the truth is, and maybe in your own journey, you might be uh, hurting, working through something. Or maybe you're afraid. Or maybe you're ashamed. Or maybe you've got someone who's mad at you. And it's in those moments where you can say, God, I, I need you. I need you now. In fact, I need more of you. I think for many of us, the idea of being still, going back to Psalm 46, can give us difficulty, right? A lot of us may be afraid to be still because maybe we don't want to face ourselves. We don't want to face our demons. As we said in week one, the person we lie to the most is ourselves. And that maybe you're afraid that you won't stop long enough to hear God speak. Or maybe even we're afraid of what we might hear, what he might say to us. But it's in that silence before God where we can surrender our being in control. And in those moments, we can come face to face with who we really are. All our brokenness, our dysfunctions, all our crazy behaviors, all the posing and the false comforts and even the secret sins that we may have. And the truth is that for some of us, it may be that we can't do any more some things because we don't have anything more to give. And so what I want us to try to practice is this idea of slowing down, slowing down and hearing the words of Psalm 46, be still and know that he is God. And to go back, and to, go back to this analogy that you can continue to pour things out, right, to all the places of of where you want to spend your time. And when you're empty, the only way that you can do life and do it well is to go back and fill yourself up and to fill yourself up with all that God wants to offer you. Now, I want to say too, some people say, well, I just don't have time for that. Can't make that work in the course of my day or the course of my week. The truth is you have time for what you choose to have time for. 
The one of the things we all share in our life is the number of hours in each day. We all get the same amount. And so the question is, what do we do with those? And we can make all sorts of excuses. The reality is you can also know God, but you can't do both. You've got to, with a consistent and an intentional attitude, do as Jesus did, which was to disconnect from the crowd, to drown out the distraction, and to silence the, the noise that never ends, right? Let me say this again, that you do have time for what you choose to have time for. That's so true. It's where we spend our efforts, right? And that, as we've said, as we think about this, the idea of slowing things down is that there is no such thing as intimacy without intentionality. And I think for many of us, and one of the things we've learned in this post-COVID world is a lot of things that we did in the church before COVID, we've left undone as we've come back. Things that used to drive our schedule, programming and all sorts of things that just made us busy. But the reality is, is that we can't uh, busy our way to God. That we can't continue to pour out things if we don't fill ourselves up. That we can't continue to pour out our passions and our energy if we don't fill ourselves up. And so it's this simple idea today to be reminded from that psalm that we all know so well is to be still and to know that he is God and to know that because he is God, that he is enough. And so let's pray. Father, we're grateful for this truth and we ask you in this moment to help us work at slowing down. Help us as we begin new rhythms in this year to make our lives better, that we're better for you, that we can live our lives more fully into all that you have for us. And by moving away from the distractions that your Holy Spirit will empower us to see new opportunities to uh, love you and to serve you. And we just pray it now through the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Again, thanks for being with us this week and would encourage you to check out the movie night tonight. If you're watching this on Sunday at 7 p.m., tune in. Looks like it's going to be a fun thing. I love Kenya, so be interesting to see the, the Mully story as he tells it. And then to be reminded, too, as you go forward in the week, that you've been blessed to be a blessing. So go forth and serve Christ in his name. Amen. Have a great week.